Okay, Boker Tov. We continue in the ending up Moed Katan. We're on Chav Ches Hamid Beis. We were discussing the uh, types of things that women would dirge during a funeral. And we're going to be speaking now of uh, seven different types of elegies that the women of Shechansiv would say. Now, the women of Shechansiv were very wise, so they'd use riddles to convey sensitive messages. And, of course, the meanings of these riddles are not entirely clear, and the commentaries give their own um, explanations. And we're going to go with Rashi and a few basic ones. So now, the, uh, okay. So we talked about their um, things that these people of Shechansiv would mock things, but here these are uh, acceptable things. So uh, let's go on and see what the lady said. So, the women of Shechansiv will say the following at a funeral. Vaila Azla did we not do this? No, I think we just started it. Vai lechavilo. Uh, one second. I try to remember how. Oh, we didn't do this. I guess I I did it. Like prepared it, so I got confused if I prepare or if I give it. Woe over the journey. Woe over the security. Okay. Ve amarava. Oh, this is where I wanted this. We did the first one. Now the second one. Okay. The Amarava, Neshei de Shechansiv, the women of Shechansiv would say, Gud garmo mikocho venim temaya, cut bone from tooth, bring water to the kettle. What does that mean? Cut bone from tooth refers to the opening of the mouth, where the gap between the jawbone and the upper teeth widens. Bring water to the kettle means that water leaves the person's mouth and returns to the vessel from which he had drunk. This describes the reverse of drinking. Instead of flowing down from the vessel into one's mouth, the water moves upward from the mouth back into the vessel. Okay, see riddle? The point of this analogy is possibly that when a person dies, the natural course of events are reversed. The deceased surrenders his soul, which flies upwardly to his heavenly source. Okay. The other oven, Rabbi said, the woman of Shechansiv said, Wrap and cover yourselves, O mountains, for he was a man of distinction and greatness. What does that mean? The sky over the mountains would dar- should darken as a sign of mourning for the worthy deceased. Okay. Ve'amarava and Rava said again, Essentially, the art scroll keeps repeating the same comment over and over on this Amarava. I don't know why he keeps saying it there. Anyway, Neshei de Shechansiv, the women of Shechansiv would also say at a funeral, Sheol eats the law, demel solavar chor in dishlimu zivodei. The coffin is a robe of fine silk to a free man whose provisions are depleted. Okay, so... Uh, so we're talking about uh, death was welcome to this once affluent person who became so poor that he lacked food to eat. Okay, so we're talking about a person who had money and he lost mo- and he lost it all. 
Ve'amarav and Rava says, Nishayt Shechansiv, the women of Shechansiv said, Rohit Vinafil, he runs and falls, Amabra Visufa Yosif, at the crossing he borrows. Okay, meaning to say, he was a busy tradesman all his life, but recently fell on hard times. Now as he crosses over from this world to the next, he's compelled to borrow to pay for burial shrouds. So you see these last few eulogies are talking about people who had money and they lost money. Our brothers, the merchants' nests will be searched. The women warn the local merchants that their places of business will be examined by heaven when they die to determine if they did honest business. Okay? And Rav also said, One death is like another. Suffering is the interest payment. What does that mean? It means all deaths are the same insofar that the deceased returns his soul to Hashem. This may be compared to the payment of a loan. The additional suffering that some go is thus the interest on the loan. Okay, so this was a dirge said for a person who suffers a lot in their life. Okay, those are the seven women's statements of Shkansiv. I don't suggest you use them in a eulogy. <laughs> Tanya, we learn in a Bryce a famous statement. Hoya Rameir, Omer Rameir says, and these really are the words of Kohelis from Shlomo Melech. Tov Lalaches El Beis Evel, and it goes on, right? It's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. And the Pasuk goes on until Ad and that the living should take it to heart. Now the question is, what should the living take to heart? This is all Pasuk of Koelis. But now we have to see what Ramir's shot is. And one should take this to heart. Dvarim shel matters of death. That you have to take to heart. Okay, now we'll see what that is in a minute. But clearly what King Solomon is saying, it's better to go to a house of mourning than a house of, of a, a simcha because the simcha could possibly lead to frivolity. Well, if you go to a house of mourning, you focus on more important things. And what are the words of death? The words of death such as are, the yispad yispudei, if one eulogizes the dead, others will eulogize him. In other words, you should be involved in helping and honoring the dead, even if it's not your relative, because he should take it should impress upon himself to take the heart. He too will eventually die. It'll be needed such kindness. So every should do the most to take care of the dead, for whatever he does is liable to be returned to him in kind. For it's the way of the world to treat some of the way he treated others. And as a reward for his kindness, all right, a God will arrange that he die in a place where he'll be treated likewise, as opposed to being, you know, dying in a place where he's a stranger, nobody knows who he is, and it's very hard for him to be taken care of. Now, that's a very uh, difficult statement to make over here, because we know in Parshas Vayechi, when Yaakov told Yosef to take care of his barrelman, he said, do for me a chesed shalemes a truth, a kindness of truth, a true kindness. And why is burial a true kindness? Because the dead person can't pay you back. This seems to go contrary to that idea. 
because no, you you're getting something out of it. Maybe not from the dead person, but from the commute from Hashem, I guess that you know you're going to be involved. That people will bury you properly. In other words, there is this idea: if every, if every man for himself, nobody gets buried. <laughs> so it's kind of a accepted thing that you bury. Uh, it's the same idea. You know, people are going to weddings. If you don't go to anybody's wedding ever, when you make a simcha, no one's going to go to your wedding. So it's so I guess I guess chesed shel ms meaning ms. Um, you're really doing it that Hashem will reward you because it seems to this Gemara that Hashem will make sure you'll die in a place where you can't be buried. So I guess that's the point. Of course, everyone has to have someone else to bury them. But uh, Hashem will organize that he will be buried in the right place. And what's, what's between you and Hashem, that you know, does not affect the chesed shel emes. Because one thing's for sure, the dead person will never uh, pay you back himself. But it's still a little bit difficult. Anyway, that's one of the things that you should be considering about death. Also, besides the eulogies, the yikbar yikbarenu. If one buries the dead, they will bury him. If he carries the dead on the way to the burial, they will carry him. If one raises himself for the dead, they will raise themselves for him, meaning raising the voice and eulogizing. Others explain that line to mean if one does not raise himself, they will raise him. What does that mean? A different shot, totally. If one does not act haughtily, if you don't raise yourself to be arrogant, but you take care of the dead people quietly, then you will be raised up by other people uh, in that way. Dirsiv, as the Pasuk says, Kitov Amar Lecha Aleheina, for it is better that it come, that it's better that it should be said to you, come up here. In other words, it's better people should tell you to come up than you to come up and people tell you to go down. So when you're giving honor to others, then the dead, then the others will honor you and you won't have to get the honor from them. Okay, now we have a very sad story. Tana Rabbana, the rabbis taught us in a price of the following. When Rabbi Shaul's sons died, four elders came to comfort him. Who were the four elders? Rabbi Tarfin, Rabbi Yosei Rabbi Lozvan Azariah, and Rabbi Akiva. So, Amalem Rabbi Tarfin. Rabbi Tarfin said to the group as they're coming in to comfort Rabbi Shmuel, he said, Do'u, you should know, Shechacham Gadolhu Ubaki Bagodos. He's a great sage and an expert in Agodos. In other words, when you're going to comfort him now, the rabbis usually will draw on their Talmudic knowledge of more of the Agoda type of Gomorrah to console him. So he says, You have to know that he's an expert in it. So you better, you know, say the right things. And also, and one of you should not usurp the words of his fellow. In other words, don't repeat what the other fellow said. In other, and also what he's saying, since Rabbi Yishmael, Rabbi Yishmael is an expert in Agodas, he'll take comfort from every different explanation that's given. That's one shot. Or, Rabbi Tarfin meant that no one should interrupt his fellow. If one scholar challenges what another one said, Rabbi Shmuel might be tempted to participate in the dispute, which you're not allowed to do. 
because you know he can only listen. He can't get involved in the Gemara so much because he's not allowed to learn. So let's be careful with that. And then Rabbi Akiva added, "Amar Rabbi Akiva, va'ani acharon, and let me be the last one." Why? Interesting, because you know this is one of the great uh, fears when a person is invited to Shavu Brachas and to speak at a Shavu Brachas, and you get three or four speakers. Now. Let's say the guy's not such a big scholar, so he only has a couple standard vorts, he says, in a shavrachas. And guess what happens? The guy before him says the vort he was going to say. So you got you get yourself in trouble. So Rabbi Akiva says, you know, I'll be last. In other words, I'll take the pressure that in case uh, somebody said a vort, I have enough vorts to go around uh, for that, or either Rabbi Kiva said he didn't find himself worthy for that. Uh, when I was when Menachem got married and we had a Shabbos Sheva Brachas in Lakewood, so again they, they make a big thing as they should, I guess, a big thing Shabbos Sheva Brachas. Like, that's like a major thing. That's that's one step below the wedding. That's uh, how how it is. So uh, so this and and this particular was they. Uh, they um, had all this, the whole family was in town, and the Shevrachas were in a shul and the catering hall downstairs. So that's Friday night, Shabbos day, Shalashudas. We do it. And, like at every one, there were five speakers. So he wanted me to speak. So, like, so I'm a rabbi, so there's some rabbis there too, but not everybody. And uh, thank God I have a lot of uh, material. So I said, you know what, make me be last. Make me be last, and it was. What? Are you rabbi? Yeah, well, because you know, you know, it could be. I, because if if somebody else says says what I wanted to say, I still have enough. So it worked out good. So, but there, so but other people sometimes you're really stuck. Anyway, that's where we give us. So now we begin the sad words. Pasuk Rabbi Shmuel. And uh, Rabbi Shmuel opened the conversation by saying in reference to himself, Gamora is going to say later on that when you come to console a mortar, you don't speak until the mortar speaks. So Rabbi Shmuel wanted to start it off. As the mourner, he's starting the speaking so then they can speak afterwards. And he says, Rabu Avonosenu, his sins are many. His bereavement comes in close succession because what happened is soon after one son died, Rabbi Shmuel suffered the loss of another son. He has bothered his teachers a first time and a second time, meaning these rabbis already had come twice to console him for the deaths of his two sons. <coughs> so he kind of started it off. He's kind of saying, well, thank you for coming again. You already came once for my first son. You're coming for my other son. Hashem has given me a lot of tsaris, and I appreciate you taking time out of your busy days for a second funeral, which you could imagine. It's a, you know, you, you don't imagine going back to Shiva House so soon, but they had to come back. So that was sort of getting the uh, opening up. So therefore, they could respond to him. Nena Rabbi Tarfin. Rabbi Tarfin spoke up, and he said the following. It says in Vayikra, and this is talking about the deaths of Nadav and Avihu, okay, 
And your brethren, the entire house of Israel, shall bewail the conflagration. Okay, they died when the Mishkan was inaugurated. So now they all mourn for him. So now he's going to make an a fortiori argument. Now we have a Kavuchemer. Now, none of you who did only one mitzvah. And what's the mitzvah? Now, obviously, they did more than one mitzvah, but <coughs> they brought the blood to him. In other words, they carried the blood from one of the korbanos to Aaron, who applied it to the altar. Okay? Now, again, they did many mitzvahs. The Raisa means there's a special mitzvah. In the merit of this one mitzvah, which they performed in close proximity to their deaths and benefited everybody, so it sufficed for them to be mourned by the entire nation. That's what he means about this mitzvah. And because of this one mitzvah helping out with the korbanos, kach, they get rewarded that the entire nation has to mourn for them. So, banav shor yishmal, alachas kama v'kama, the children of yishmal, all the more so shall be accorded such honor at their deaths. Why? Because the sons of Yishmael did many mitzvahs that benefited the community, and therefore they deserve a public eulogy. Okay, so that's very nice words to say, because none of you were big tzaddikim. It's made kavuchaymer to say, you know, your boys were on a high level. Okay. So that was the nice words of comfort. Then Rabbi Yosei Aglili, Rabbi Yosei gives words of comfort, and now it's talking about the death of Avia, the son of Yeravim. Now we know Yeravim ben was a very terrible king. He took the Jews away from Hashem. His son and Achiyahu, the prophet, warned Yeravim his entire family would be destroyed by Hashem. Their corpses would be left open to be eaten by the wild animals. But the Navi said, however, Avia will be buried honorably because of one good thing that he did. And the Gemara will identify that good deed that Avia did. And that's what the Pasuk though says, and all of Israel lamented over him and buried him. So he was the one that got buried. All the other descendants uh, got eaten up by the wild animals. Followed for him, and that's an a fortiori argument. Uma Avia ben Yeravim Avia ben Yeravim only did one good thing, and what was that one good thing? That a good thing was found in him. Kach, and he gets mourned by everybody. the more so the sons were Yishmol. Now, what is the Dover Tov that Achia did? My Dover Tov, Rab Zerav, Rab Chanina Bar Papa. It's a machlokas. Chadamar one says, Shabital Mishmar Sova Olaregel. He said that he abandoned his station and ascended to the temple for the pilgrimage festival. Gotta remember, Yeram Benavot, when he split the kingdom, he didn't want people to go to the Beis Amigdash on the holidays because only a real king, a descendant of Yehuda, can sit in the Azara. And and therefore in the in the in the base Hamikdash rather, so uh, and he would not be able to sit. The rightful king would sit, and people would cast aspersions on Yerubbavot as they should. So therefore, he didn't allow it, and he put roadblocks. He had sentries on the roads stopping people from going. So you want to make sure the job gets done. You have one of your kids do it, right? Who's supposed to be loyal. 
So he points Avia as one of the centuries to peop, not let people travel there. But guess what? He abandoned the position and he himself went to Yerushalayim. Now that was a big mitzvah. That's one opinion of the mitzvah. V'chad Amar once says, He abolished the centuries in Gansan. Not just he didn't do it, he abolished completely. Of which centuries? That Yeruvim had put to stop people from going to the base of Migdash. And therefore, that was the deed he did. So certainly the sons of Rabbi Shmuel should get things good as well. Nana Rabbi Lozman Azari. Rabbi Lozman Azari gives words of comfort and he says, What's this about King Tzidkiyahu? This was the last, uh, one of the last kings. It says, Bisholom Tamus, you will die peacefully. Uva Misrafos Avasecha Malochim Arishonim Yisrafulach. And like the burnings performed for your forefathers, the earlier kings, you will have burnings to say, which means like to burn his clothes and things like that, the bed, personal effects, because it's insulting for a, a layman, a regular person, to now use the stuff that the king used. So they're going to give you all the honor, and they will lament for you, saying, Woe, master, you'll get a good funeral. Again, it's an A40 argument. Was a, a perfectly righteous man with a lot of accomplishments. Again, the Bryson means on account of a particular deed he did close to his death. So, and what did he do? He took Yermio out from a pit of mud. Where did that happen? The officers of the government had cast Yermio into a pit and left him to die there for daring to prophesy. The people in Yerushalayim would perish and surrender to the Babylonians. But when the king heard about it, he rescued him. So he got a good uh, funeral. So that he got that. So all the more so, they should get this as well. Finally, we come to the last one. Nena Rabbi Kiva. So he had a lo- more divrei Torah in his uh, in his uh, satchel, as it were. So by Yomahu, it says in Zechariah. It records a machlokas whether the mourning described in this possible we're going to see now is it over the death of the Mashiach ben Yosef or is it the death over the Yitzhar? Either way, mm-hmm. on that day, the mourning will be so great in Jerusalem, like the mourning that was in the valley of Megiddon. Okay, and that's that has been. So now, what does that all mean? That the morning, so he continues. Rabbi Akiva continues. Uh, before, conti- before continuing, what Rabbi Akiva says, the morning I say, what does the pasuk mean at all? From Rabbi Yosef, and Rabbi Yosef says, If it wasn't for the targum that translated this pasuk, we don't even know what's going on, because there once this is a once was a, a morning for a man named Hadadrimon in the valley of Megiddo, but there's no such record at all anywhere. So now we need the Targum Yonasan, which is written by Yonasan Benuzil, that says the following in Aramaic, which will then be explained. He explains that Be'idon how on that day, Yiski Mishra Yerushalayim, there'll be great morning Yerushalayim, Kemispada De'achav Ben Omri, like the Hesped that was made for Achav, the son of Emri, another terrible Jewish king. Dekotol Yaseha Dadrimon Bar Tavrino who was killed by Hadadrina, the son of Tarimam, 
that what when he fought against Aram to recapture a certain area, he was killed by a soldier. Okay, so that was his death, and everyone gave him a great funeral, even though he was a terrible Russia. So just so the Mashiach Ben Yosef will get the same funeral in the future, like Achov got, and also like another person who commits the Yeshayim and Amon the Kotli Yosef Parochagira Bebikamigira. And also, like a funeral of Yoshio, the, uh, the son of Amnon, who was killed by Paro in the valley of Megiddo. That was the, that's what we, every Tishabov. We lament the death of Yoshio, who got all the Jews to do tshuva, and he thought Jews were such big tzaddikim that Egypt should not be allowed to traverse their land. And the Navi said, let him go through, he didn't listen, and he got killed. And again, and he did a good act. Now we come back. So now we have an 840 argument. did one good thing. What was the good thing? The king was propped up in his chariot in the presence of Aram. He was fatally wounded in the battle. He could have said, okay, I need to go to the hospital. He said, no, I'm going to lead the troops on to show I have courage. And they'll have courage. So that was in the honor of Hashem. So he did that right before he died. Therefore, he got such a good funeral. Kachbona of Shel Rav Yishmael. Okay. So the children of of the sons of Yishmael, Allah has come come. All the more so should be accorded such honor. Okay. That ends the story with the five rabbis. So now, once we got on the topic of this idea with Sidkiyahu and some of these people who died. So now there's more going to ask a question which one of the verses was quoted above. Amalei Rav Rabbi Bar Mori. He says, Ksiv David Sidkiyahu. It says by Sidkiyahu, regarding his death. It says, the Navi says, Bishalom Tomus, you will die peacefully. <laughs> now tell me if the next thing is a peaceful death. What did they do when they exiled the Jews? They poked out Sikyo's eyes. Okay, now is that a good death? When they poke out your eyes? Doesn't look like one. Omalei, he says, Rabbi Yochanan says the following. The prediction you will die peacefully was fulfilled. Shemes Nebuchadnezzar Biyamov, because Nebuchadnezzar died in Sitkiyo's lifetime. In other words, as long as Nebuchadnezzar was alive, he didn't release any of the captives. He took a lot of important dignitaries captives. The day Nebuchadnezzar died, Sitkiyo was freed, and then he died the next day. So he didn't die in captivity. In other words, he should have died a blind man in captivity. He ended up a free man and then died the next day. And therefore, he merited to get a big funeral. Otherwise, he would not have got a big funeral. And also, going back to Yoshio, the Amarava Laraba Barmori, he also asks, I exceed Bebe Yoshio. It says by King Yoshio, Therefore, behold, I will gather you in your forefather, to your father, and you will be gathered to your grave in peace. Okay. And that's what Huldah the prophetess told him when Yerushalayim was going to fall. But she added Yeshua himself would die in peace. Yeah, but how did he die in the battlefield? Was it a simple death? 
Yes, exactly. Xiv, the Pasuk says, the Yoru Hayorim Lamagisho, the archers shot at Kinyoshio. And and what does that mean? They shot him so much from Yudam Arav, Shasol Kikivra, they made him like a sieve. So many holes. He was the target for the target practice. So what kind of good death is that? Amalei, he said, This is what Rabbi Yochanan says, did not die in his days. In other words, that's much worse for him to experience the destruction of Beis HaMikdash. That's really bad. The death, yes, it was a horrible death, but he had to do that for a kapora for not listening to the Navi. But at least he got a proper funeral. Okay, now, now that we're finished with that incident, now we see from this story, the whole story with the four rabbis visiting Rabbi Shmuel, that he opened up the conversation. So from that we continue. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Ein menachnumim rishoyim loymer dover al shachiv tochavel. The, the people who console do not start consoling until the mourner begins to speak. And this is learned from Eov and his friends who came to visit him and says, afterwards, a Pasach Eov Then he opened up his mouth. And after that, then it says, Vahodar, then the next Pasach says, Vayan Alifos Hatimoni. And his friend Alifos began to speak. So therefore, you see that you wait for the mourner to guide the conversation. Amar Ravavol, says, How do we know that a mourner reclines at the head? When people console him, he must sit at the head. Again, obviously there's different ways of they sit, but anyway, he has to be the focal point, not in the back corner of the room. Shinemar, as the Pasuk says, this again, Eov, and he longs for the days when he used to have comfort. He said, I would choose their way, I would sit at the head, I would rest like a king among his troops, as one who consoles mourners. Okay. Which means, the more ways, wait a minute. Yenachem means Acharemash. It seems that you be the head and console others. What's going on? We're saying the mourner gets consoled at the head. So what kind of proof of the Pasuk is? So what's going on? So Amar of Nachman by Reb Yitzchak, he answers, it says, Yinochem, it's written, which means he will be comforted, referring to the mourner. So the actual reading is Yinochem, he will console. The text is not vocalized, and therefore can be read Yinochem, he will be consoled. One little dot changes so he would console but it can be read as he will be consoled and therefore both interpretations uh, fit in there so had a different source Vesor means excessive mourning will approach which can be meant as the following the mourner becomes prince of the exalted ones who come to console him and since he's like the prince He's at the front. Next, Amar Abchama Bar Chanina, a parallel law. Minayin lechosan shemei sabarosh. A little happier now. The Harun lechosan sits at the front. Shenemar, as the pasuk says, kechosan yechayim peher, like a bridegroom who is as splendid as a kohen. So we're saying he's like a kohen. 
So ma koyen bero. So just like a coin is always at the head, we give him honor. Av chasan bero. So to chasan is at the gets the honor. Hi, how do you know a coin itself? For coin gufei minol, how do you know he gets the honor? The ton very small. He says like this. Vikidash stole the pasuk says you sanctify the coin. The drasha is lechol davar shebikdusha. You let the coin go first for everything of kedusha. Okay. Liftoch Rishon, he's the first one for Torah reading, gets an Aliyah. Ulavarech Rishon, and to recite the first bracha at a meal, he gets benching. Velitol Manayafa Rishon, he gets the preferred portion first. See, you get the uh, roast on Shabbos. Okay, so therefore you get that. Okay, now, Amar Rabchanina, Rabchanina, another thing about death. death. We already spoke about the rabbis yesterday that their death was like hair out of the milk. So Hanina says, Kasha but how really hard is leaving the soul from the body? What? Kitsipuri As knotted ropes are pulled through a hole. Okay? That means through the mast of a ship, it goes through very much, it can't slip, so it's very tight. On the other hand, Rabbi Yochanan Omar, Rabbi Yochanan says it's as bad as kepatire befi veshed. It's like cables pulling through a hole. Okay, different explanation of how terrible this is. Okay, we'll stop it there and look how much is left, just that much. So we'll save that for the seum. Uh, maybe we'll make next, uh, next Shabbos. Beshal Shudas seems good. And I guess next week we start a new topic. I'm going to try to start the topic of the of uh, Lutzado's discussion of the pathway to Mashiach. It's a short pamphlet. It'll take us maybe a month or two. So it's a little bit harder. So we'll just we'll try it. If it's, is there a book on that, Rabbi? Uh, there is, but it's expensive. So we'll we'll see. Uh, I'll see if I can order some. All right, excellent.